0: Welcome, Weirdians. I am Ash, and this week I am joined by... My name's Juan. My one and only, and this is Astoundingly Weird. Guys,
1: what's going on?
0: So, yeah, I know it's been a couple weeks since we've put out an episode. Um, me and Jake are still trying to figure out this remote recording, and I'm giving him a little bit of time to get adjusted. But this is his last week, um, so next week he's gonna be back or else,
1: or else he's moved to Florida.
0: Yes, if. I mean, if you follow us, you know that he has moved to Florida, and he's left me. He's abandoned me, um, and I don't like it. So I had to beg this guy to help me this week so we don't keep losing followers. She
1: begged, but she didn't beg enough. She's lucky I'm here.
0: (laughs) I'm like, hey, babe, can you please do this for me? And he's like, "Uh, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the same attitude I get when I ask her to play magic with me, even though she really enjoys it.
0: I do not. I hate it.
1: No, you don't. <laughs> she was playing the app on her phone the other day, and kind of shocked me.
0: Why are you telling my business to these people? <laughs> I don't appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, magic is kind of fun. Um, and that she's is... a little
1: salty though, because me and the me and the kid got her the other oh, night.
0: Him and the demon.
1: We've been playing. We've all been playing as a what, family. What does
0: he say, G G? What G G,
1: bro? Good game. Good game. That's what it stands for.
0: I thought it was like Gab something. I don't know. But like, got him, got him? No. I don't know. (laughs) Like, y'all have, y'all, him and my demon are two peas in a damn pod, and I can't deal with them together for a long period of time because I want to unalive them. She probably wants to
1: kill us sometimes, most of the time. Probably like 95% of the time.
0: Unalive you guys.
1: Unalive us. I want to Mm unalive y'all sometimes. GG, bro.
0: GG, bro. Oh, my goodness. But yes, him and the demon together is not good for me and the older demon. We did get a dog. We did.
1: We did. It's a little, I guess, a miniature husky. She's like pure white and beautiful. And
0: Yeah, since Jake not only abandoned me, he abandoned Willow. So Willow had to come stay with us. And she is amazing, chill. I'm so glad she's a chill dog.
1: Yeah, she's so great.
0: She, uh, she lo- really loves it outside, but we're keeping her in the house because, you know,
1: She's taking a little bit of time to get used to everything. change of scenery. But, uh, yeah, I think she's uh, starting to come around.
0: Yes. Okay, so, getting down to business, we are going to be talking about the Happy Face Killer. Now, the Happy Face Killer is an absolute piece of shit.
1: Keith Hunter Jesperson yes. is his name?
0: Yes. And Mr. Jesperson was born on April 6th, 1955, in British Columbia, Canada. Canadia. I'm just kidding. It's Canada. It's Canada. I know, I know, I know, how, to, I know how to say something. Canadia
1: kind of makes more sense, though.
0: It really does. Because, you know, you say Canadian. Why don't you just say Canadian?
1: Yeah, that's always tripped me out my whole life.
0: Anywho. So he had a rough childhood. Imagine that. Serial killer having a rough childhood. Let, uh, Les and Gladys Jefferson were his parents. He was the middle child. He had an older brother and sister and a younger brother and sister. So he was like the middle, middle.
1: Middle of the middle.
0: And so that really does explain a lot because them middle kids are like the forgotten children. Like nobody really gives a shit about middle kids.
1: <laughs> I mean, nobody like, cared about Jefferson. And definitely nobody cared about Nobody cared. Nobody about cared. Him.
0: No. His father um, was a drunk and very abusive. He looked down towards women. You don't really hear much about his mom. It's mainly like his dad, and his dad really impacted him for the rest of his life, pretty much.
1: So you said his dad was like very abusive? Yeah, right?
0: and he drank.
1: An wow. abusive alcoholic as a father. Yes,
0: and you know, he gave Keith very little attention compared to his siblings. Oh yeah?
1: Yeah. I, give, I don't give you enough attention to that.
0: You do. You are perfect. I love you.
1: She says that now, but I'm... after the podcast, it's going to be a different story.
0: Dixie chick, serious, baby. Hey,
1: that's some serious shit right there. I'm telling
0: you, <laughs> Dixie chick, serious.
1: Maybe I'm going to become an alcoholic.
0: I mean, there for a you said my word.
1: Uh, no, I wasn't.
0: Uh, you'd get off work and drink every day.
1: Yeah, a beer or two every day after <laughs> dealing with the shitheads on the street. <laughs> I think uh, that was well-deserving.
0: I hear ya. Well, how come I don't have a drinking problem? Because I, I had to deal with the idiots to do it at rest.
1: I mean, you know.
0: So you, like, get to leave them. Like, I have to work with them every day. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> so, I love you, babe. Yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> Just wait till we get off this
1: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See, guys, I told you, <laughs> Shit's going down.
0: I also, like most serial killers, Jesperson like to... Torture and kill small animals. His father even claimed to see him throw a cat against the pavement, and then finish it off by strangling it. Oh, I said that word.
1: <laughs> oh, you said it. You got it then, right. Strangling
0: it. Strangling, strangling it, it. Strangled. He strangled it to death. To death. And the father bragged about it to people. So instead of being like, "Hey, guy," or "Hey, kid." Hey, son, what are you doing? You don't do that. He's like, uh-huh, my kid just did this.
1: Like, good job, boy. Good job. Like, Come get your bear, boy.
0: does that. Like, his dad is the worst. So, eventually, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Hmm. So, Keith's earliest memory, that like the first memory that he has that he can remember, is hitting his brother in the head with a rock and making him bleed and cry.
1: So that's literally the first thing that he remembers in his life, is making his brother cry by hitting him in the head with a rock.
0: Yes, he um, he rolled it down a slide at a park somewhere, and I guess his brother was chilling at the bottom, and, it, I mean, well, he hit him hard enough to make him
1: bleed. Oh, hell, that's just brotherly love. My brother hit me in the head with a pot when we were little, like smack dab right in the middle of the head with a freaking pot.
0: Didn't you shoot him with a bow and arrow?
1: All right, that that's a that's that's a crazy. I know.
0: I want them to hear this story because y'all oh should not. This be is alive. this
1: is way off topic, but me and my brother we really used to do some stupid shit back in the day. But anyway, I made like a homemade bow and arrow out of a vacuum cleaner hose and a bungee cord, and of course I used a stick as the arrow. So I literally just happened to shoot the arrow straight up in the air, and you know. It, was act, it actually shot pretty far. It was a pretty decent little homemade bow and arrow. But my brother was, like, walking down the street on the other side of the street with a skateboard or his bike or something. I can't remember, but he was walking. And the stick that I shot literally just came down and hit him right in the eyebrow. And it split his eyebrow open. Like, that's some shit that you see in the movies. Like, it was just like, he just had literally happened to be in the right place at the wrong time.
0: You was trying to unalive your brother.
1: No, I wasn't at all.
0: Did your mama whoop your
1: ass? No. She should have. Because she was like, That's some shit you only see in the movies. But you don't
0: Ah, whatever. You like,
1: don't like you like you don't understand like how crazy that situation was. I think you shot it right at it. No. Like I even think I was facing the opposite direction. I don't I'm I don't know if I believe you. You, you should just ask my brother. He'll tell you.
0: And he's probably going to say, yeah, he did that shit on purpose.
1: <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Yes, he would. No, he wouldn't. Yes, he would. Anyways, back to what we're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> we're, we're supposed to be talking <laughs> about.
0: Look, hey, this show is, is known for rambling. But I just really thought that was a funny story, and I still don't believe that you did it was accidentally on purpose. Hey, believe it or not,
1: he shot me in the nuts years later with a bow and arrow. That was very painful.
0: I don't know this story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> off topic again. Here me and my brother are in the side of our yard. Um you know, I, was, I, I was I was back in high school. This was like we were actually living in Kentucky okay, at this that's time. We were you all still in Jersey or no, no, we were in Kentucky. And uh I was like, dude, I bet you I can catch an arrow that you shoot out of the bow. And he was like, whatever.
0: Like a legit
1: like a legit arrow.
0: With a broad head
1: No, no, it was it was one of those uh pointed blunt heads. Like it still had a little point to it, you know. But uh, it wasn't sharp or anything.
0: Was that back in your ninja days? Yeah. yeah.
1: So anyway, he, he shoots the bow or he shoots the arrow and I catch it. Like I literally catch the arrow and it surprises the hell out of him. And he was like, bro. I was like, bro, yeah. I literally just caught that arrow. Like <laughs> shit just got real, right? Like I told you I was going to do it and I did it. And he was like, he was dumbfounded. He was like, holy crap. So anyway, I was like, I was like, hey, dude, shoot another one and I'm going to roll out of the way.
0: Oh, my God. I'm
1: gonna roll. Like, I'm gonna dodge roll this arrow. So, yeah, he pulls the bow back. And, you know, this is like a legit... This is a real bow. This ain't like Like no bullshit. Yeah, this is like a compound bow. Like, it's no bullshit. Oh, my God. And he pulls it back. He lets it go. And I'm like, I'm about to roll. So, at the moment I thought I was about to roll, this arrow, literally, the moment I'm starting to go down and tuck misses my face hits me directly in the balls and of course i you know i do the roll motion but i come up and this arrow is hanging out of my pants <laughs> i'm like oh this thing just hit me in the nuts like you know like like it was it was painful like it, it didn't like it didn't like pierce my nuts it just it just like you know tapped it, it, <laughs> it tapped it and if any guy knows there's nothing worse than a ball tap come here babe no go away you do that shit enough I don't, no, she I, taps me in the nuts all no, the time, I, and it's not like a hard tap; it's like a little block. <laughs> but yo, those things hurt the worst. Like you guys don't understand. <laughs> like if you, if you're a dude and you're listening to the show, that is the worst pain. Like I'd rather you straight up punch me in the nuts than just give me a little flick. Like that shit hurts, man. Yo, we're way off topic here. Okay, <laughs> let's, I'm let's sorry. Get back. But I now I knew about that. I just didn't know about the second. I didn't know about
0: the. Yeah, wall. There, there's a lot of shit me and my brother
1: did that I probably hadn't told you about that. I don't will know, come gonna, up one day or another.
0: Nope, nope. I don't want to know. I don't. the The less I know, the better. So, um, <laughs> okay. So he made it. He hit his brother in the head with a rock, made him cry. I'm so so sorry, but you know, I we ramble, anyways. So his whole family ended up packing up and moving from Canada to Washington,
1: Washington State.
0: Yes, Washington State. I don't really remember where I forgot to write it in my notes, but anyways, they they moved. Keith was pretty pissed and like caused a lot of issues.
1: So he, he didn't want to move then.
0: No, he either a conniption fit, did not want to move, he wanted to stay where he was at. He wanted
1: to stay in Canada, yes, in
0: Canada. He was always he started getting in trouble. Um, he was teased in school for being weird, the quiet kid. And he was a really big, like, this guy's massive, like, he's like six, seven. 200-something pounds. Like, this guy's huge. So he was the big kid. I think they even called him, what, Igor? Or think, something uh, yeah, like I, that? I think I, think like, I heard I mean, that somewhere. they just called him um, Monster Man and Igor were his two nicknames that they called him. Keith
1: Jesperson Monster Man.
0: Or Keith Monster Man Jesperson.
1: Or Keith Jesperson the Monster Man.
0: Whatever. Anyways. <laughs> So, he had this guy, his little friend, his little buddy named Martin. And Martin was also a little shit. But Martin would get them to do stuff, you know, bad stuff. And then they would get in trouble. But Martin would then turn and play the victim and be like, oh, it was all Keith's fault. So, Keith would get in trouble. And one time, Keith's dad, like, whooped him with a belt in front of, like, all their little friends. Ooh. In the neighborhood,
1: I'd beat Martin's ass. Well, huh? I really would.
0: Funny you should say that because he almost beat Martin to death. Really? Like if his dad wouldn't have pulled him off, he said he would have literally beat him to death.
1: Well, maybe Martin got what he deserved.
0: I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying he didn't, but you know, that's a little bit
1: much. Yeah. And how old was Keith at this time? Uh, like this
0: was all like before he was like in his teenage, like. Maybe, like, pre-teens. Like, I mean, he was still young.
1: So he, he had a lot of anger built up from what it seems, and uh, he he didn't like it when people uh, went against him. I guess. In a sense.
0: I guess. I mean, his dad was charging him and his brother's room and board starting at this
1: age. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know he's trying to make them learn about money, but yeah. sometimes you got to let kids be kids, or they turn out to be serial killers. <laughs> Keith. Yeah. So, Jesperson and some neighborhood kids, I guess they were in the same class, but they were in the neighborhood. Oh, well, they lived in a trailer park. Nothing against trailer Jesperson park Jesperson and people. the other trailer park kids. Yes. Trailer park kids. There was like this creepy, there was like this creepy guy that lived, the creepy neighbor, like the um, neighbor from...
1: What? <laughs> from a Family Guy.
0: What's his name? The old guy. Herbert. Yes. Yeah, Herbert. Okay, so we're just going to call this guy Herbert, because that's the only thing that I can think, because I didn't know his name. But he was like a weirdo, like Herbert. Like Herbert. (laughs) Yeah, he- um, Come here, Chris. Yeah, he tried to, um, he told, he was naked. Come here, And then he told Keith and the other little kids to get naked and, like, touch him. Well- Keith was like, fuck They were having shit. an orgy? <laughs> I guess. But, I mean, they're chilled, like kids, not even teenagers. Come here, touch my wanker. That's not funny at all. Stop it. <laughs> but, so, Keith was like, fuck this shit, I'm out, and takes off running. Well, I guess he tells his dad about it. Instead of his dad, like, going to do something, he gives him a BB gun. <laughs> like... <laughs> Fit for yourself, uh, child, because I'm not going to do anything to protect you.
1: I hear boy. You got this. Be a man about it. So
0: Keith takes the BB gun and shoots the dude in the nuts.
1: Keith shot him in the nuts with the BB gun. Yeah. If only he had a bow and arrow. Right? If only he had a bow and arrow. But it seems like the BB gun worked pretty successful.
0: I mean, because there was no other reports of that happening with him again. I don't know about the, the other, other kids. I gotcha. Um, there was a bully that uh was trying to drown Keith, like at a lake or something. And um, I guess when like he was like ready to black out, like this bully was like, I guess trying to kill him. I mean, I don't know. But when Keith like stood up and got his bearings, he did the same thing to the bully. And but Keith was really gonna like he was. About he to, he intended to kill this yes. kid, like drown like, him. The lifeguard showed up and. If he wouldn't have, he said, I would have drowned him to death. Hmm. But where was the lifeguard when dude was drowning Keith?
1: Nobody likes Keith, okay? Nobody likes Keith at all.
0: the whole time he was in school, any girl that he asked out told him no. Like, he, like, no girls would say yes to him. Like, they all was like, no, every time he asked him out.
1: I feel bad for Keith, man really do. At the same time, fuck this guy, you know? Like, once we get to doing what he did, you're going to be like, fuck this guy, too.
0: I feel sorry for young Keith, because young Keith all obviously had no structure, had no, like, love, because his dad was a piece of shit, and his mom was scared of the dad, I guess. I don't know.
1: Middle child, man.
0: That middle child syndrome is real.
1: They just don't get no love, no attention.
0: No. So, after the drowning, that was pretty much his second um, second murder attempt, or separate. Second attempted murder because I mean he tried to beat Martin to death and then he tried to drown the dude.
1: Hmm.
0: Wow, this was all before he was. I just my notes. This was all before he was a teenager.
1: Oh wow, so this 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 guy literally has some built up anger. Yeah, he don't care.
0: Yeah, this was before the age of fourteen.
1: Anybody that does something to him, he wants to get back at them. It appears.
0: So at the age of fourteen. He started experimenting with pipe bombs and cannons.
1: So he was about to go blow some shit up.
0: Yes, yes, he was.
1: Maybe he was gonna blow up that old man. I and mean his, it's, balls. It's, uh, his balls.
0: His his balls, his mailbox, his house. Who knows? <laughs>
1: He's gonna blow those balls to smithereens. He was those gonna... old wrinkly balls. <laughs> Come here, Keith. I got something for you, boy. I can't with you.
0: <laughs> so in high school, um, He was on the wrestling team. And he used to get teased because he could not climb the rope in practice. Well, bless his heart. Poor Keith. The one time he did make it to the top, when he gets to the top, the rope either snaps or comes, like, untied from the rafters or whatever. So Keith ends up falling 25 feet to the hardwood and hits his head.
1: I bet that was painful.
0: I bet it was, too. I mean, because he's a big guy. That's a lot of weight to just be like, you
1: know? Yeah. Like, I floor. used to climb those ropes back in school in Jersey, and that, that's a that's a huge fall, man. That's a, that's a long feet. fall. Yeah. Like, 25 feet has been known to, to really mess some people up.
0: Keith gets married, believe it or not.
1: Oh, wow. He actually <laughs> found him a girl?
0: He did. He did find him a woman to marry him. Um, his na- uh, Her name, I'm sorry. Her name was Rose Huck, and they ended up having three children together. They got married in 1975, and they ended up getting a divorce in 1989.
1: What made her leave him?
0: I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was probably starting to be like his daddy. But in 1990, he started a long haul trucking job out of Cheney, Washington. And then this is when shit starts to get bad and go down. Like, this is when we see
1: the happy face. So Jesperson's first victim was a Tawana Bennett. And apparently he met her at a bar. Miss Bennett was, like, 21 years old. So he met her at a bar in Portland, Oregon. So on January 21st, 1990, after he took her home, which, of course, you know, he plans to do the birds and the bees... He beat her senseless. After that, he raped her, and he strangled her, killing Miss Bennett, and later dumped her body near the Columbia River, just outside of Portland. Miss Bennett's body was later discovered, and that is what started Keith Jesperson's crime spree.
0: So, after Miss Bennett's body was discovered, Miss Laverne Pavlinak. I guess that's how you say her name. You probably butchered her name. Because words are hard. But I mean, Pavlinak is how that's... I, I pronounce it how it... Or I say it how it's pronounced. Anyways, So, Miss Laverne... We'll just say Laverne. Told the police that her boyfriend, John Sosnovsky? Sosnovsky. I
1: Butchered that name, too. Okay,
0: Okay. Miss Laverne said that her boyfriend, John... Killed Miss Tawana because she wanted to be away from him. Like he was an abusive asshole. She wanted to wanted to be done with him. And so she's like, this hey. girl framed her
1: husband or her boyfriend so for murder. So this
0: lady was like, hey, he killed her. Get him away from me.
1: She wanted his ass gone.
0: Well, somehow she ended up getting charged also. And both of them were found guilty in 1991. Oh, wow. So, John pled guilty to avoid getting the death penalty. Like, these people pled guilty to crimes they did not commit.
1: After the girlfriend tried to use that crime to frame only her husband, some instant karma shit happened.
0: So, when this was all on the news that these two people were going to prison for... You know, this murder Keith got a little upset because he was never gonna get recognition. So I he, mean, it he was, wanted recognition. for It killing was Ms. good Bennett. because he wasn't gonna get caught, right? But he wanted to, cl- you know, he wanted the recognition.
1: He wanted to claim the kill,
0: right? So he wrote about murdering Miss Bennett on a bus terminal bathroom. And the message was smiled or was signed with a smiley face, like on the wall. And then he would also go on to share de- uh, details of the, like he would share details of the crimes on other bathroom walls, and then with a smiley face. So is that how Mister Jefferson became known as the Happy Face yes, Killer? Yes, that's how he be- became known as the Happy Face Killer. Huh? Because he wrote on bathroom walls,
1: and he signed it with a
0: happy right. face. and which. The defense tried after this happened, like the defense tried to get this, you know, presented in front of the judge and mm-hmm. the jury
1: to throw out the original conviction.
0: Right. But because they didn't have like any tangible proof that this person done it, the judge was like, I don't, I don't want to hear that shit. So these two people you're are riding away. You're in going to jail for the rest of your life. <laughs> All because she has a woman
1: scorned. Mm. Don't piss off women, they're, they're down to do some crazy stuff. All women are at least a four crazy. And if y'all hadn't seen the Hot Crazy Matrix, oh my God. you need to watch it. YouTube it. It's a pretty old video, but it explains perfectly women. And any women watching this, I'm sorry. Take it as a joke, but it's really the truth.
0: But he's really Dixie Chick serious. Yeah, I'm
1: Dixie Chick serious. Percy. And if you're a woman and you actually watch that, just like be very open-minded. Use it as a, form of self-introspection when you watch that video and be very honest with yourself. Anyway, so... <laughs> I wish you could have just seen the look he <laughs> gave me. Anyway, moving on. So, Keith's second victim was actually a Jane Doe out of California. And she was only known as Claudia. Which Claudia, we're gonna use Claudia as this Miss Jane Doe's name, she was found murdered in August of 92 in a little town in California. So apparently Jesperson later admitted to having met Miss Jane Doe at a truck stop, and after he agreed to give her a ride, he felt like she was trying to play him. Play him in what way? I'm not really sure. But usually if you meet a girl at a truck stop, she's probably a prostitute. Anyway, he felt that she was trying to play him, so that triggered him, it pissed him off, so he decided to duct tape her mouth shut and her hands. He raped her and then strangled her. So at this point he like he likes to rape, he's a raper and he's a strangler.
0: Rapist.
1: Keith Jesperson the raper. Okay. He's a raper.
0: He also likes to beat them.
1: Yes. But like strangling seems to be his MO. Like he has well, to, strangling like that, that, that and
0: beating because I mean he ha- he likes to use his hands, like, you he, know. Yeah, he likes to use his
1: hands and he's going to strangle them. Like just seems like that's the th- that's his thing he, he likes to strangle so jesperson's third victim who was later identified as cynthia lynn rose 32 years old she was found dead in september of 92 so his second victim was in august this one was just a month later so her body was discovered behind a blueberry hill cafe in turlock california So apparently later jesperson claimed that she was a sex worker imagine that who happened to climb into his truck. Yeah, so she broke into his truck. He told her he wasn't interested in her, and I guess this pissed him off.
0: And he, she wasn't taking no for an answer. Yeah, according apparently
1: she wasn't taking no for an according answer. According to him. You know, this girl? She's trying to throw herself at him. And he's just like, "Nah, bitch, I don't want you. So that pissed him off, and he killed her as well.
0: Hmm. So that was how
1: many? So that was victim three. Like, we got several more victims going on here. Victim four was a Laurie Ann Pantland, 26 years old. So she was found in November of 92 after being discarded in Salem, Oregon. So later during an interview, Jesperson claimed that he killed her after she tried to double charge him for sex. So I think there's a theme going on here. Like all these women seem to be sex workers, apparently. Or like in that profession in that profession in that field in that environment
0: or they could just be trying to find their way home yeah true i mean or just trying to hitch rides and then he just wants to say that they're sex workers to try to demean them
1: so apparently she tried to double charge him for sex and that pissed him off he's like no i am not paying double the money
0: because so he killed her (laughs) so I know you want to say it because so I ain't getting her. double the pussy.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> he's so he killed her.
0: So he says. So, so he claims. Because you know he's a piece of shit, and we don't believe a word he says.
1: So at this point, it's not. It's November of '92, and he's already claimed four victims since January of 1990. He's so, so he's, two years. That's like averaging two a year.
0: So he's uh, well on his way.
1: He's on his way, and we still got several more to go. So victim five is actually going to be a Jane Doe, and this girl was from or found in California. So Jesperson actually claimed that this still unidentified woman was his fifth victim, but couldn't really remember much about her. Apparently her body was found on a roadside rock pile in Santanella, California, and not really much else is known about her. Jesperson really didn't give much information.
0: He just didn't give a shit.
1: He didn't care. I wonder if she was a sex worker, too. All right, so here we go with another one of Jesperson's victims, number six. Uh, this girl was known only as Suzanne, whom he supposedly met in Crestview, Florida. So Jesperson actually described murdering her, like the other woman he killed, as putting her out of her misery. So Jesperson seen these women as he was literally doing them a favor, because they were living such a horrible life that he was going to take that choice away from her and kill them. So, yeah, he, he really thought he was doing them a favor by ending their horrible lives. That's just such a piece of shit move.
0: He really is a piece of shit. Such a
1: piece of shit move. All right, so Jesperson's victim number seven, I guess we're going to say Angela Surprise, she was 21 years old, and apparently Jesperson also met her at a bar in January of 95. And he agreed to give her her a ride before eventually killing her. So it was said that Jesperson, I guess, allowed Angela to use his credit card to make a phone call, which several people known about it. So he had devised a plan to attempt to conceal her identity to the best of his ability. And by doing that, Jesperson strapped her underneath of his truck as he drove down the roadway and of course this caused her body to be scraped against the ground and the pavement it's so he's a...
0: dragging her underneath his 18
1: wheeler truck yes he's literally dragging her down the road and like her body's getting scraped up you know by the asphalt and everything and it just made her almost completely unrecognizable anyway that that you know that was his intention he he didn't want anybody to recognize who she was because he knew that other people knew who she was with. Who she was with and that she used his credit card to make a phone call. So he's trying to cover his tracks at this point.
0: Because he knew he
1: might have fucked yeah. up. Yeah, he knew he might have fucked up. He, he really did. So he, he didn't want nobody to know who she was. And uh, so apparently her body was actually found after Jesperson was arrested somewhere in Nebraska. So Jesperson's last official victim was a Julia Winningham. She was forty-one years old, so Jesperson and Winningham were actually in a dating relationship. And Jesperson believed that she only wanted his money. Like this girl, she only wants Jesperson's money because he makes such a lot of money driving a truck and killing women.
0: What? I mean, <laughs> no. Like, how does his like? How does he come up with these thoughts?
1: I don't know. He has to. He has to find a reason to justify his actions somehow.
0: But it was his girlfriend. Like, people knew they were together. Like,
1: But that bitch wanted his money.
0: He probably did. He had three kids he was supposed to be paying for.
1: She just wanted his money.
0: According to him.
1: According to him, she wanted his, his money. Winningham wanted Jesperson's money. All the money that he made trucking, she was just after his money. And because of this, he decided that she, too, needed to die. And he killed her. So due to the knowledge of their relationship, authorities were actually able to connect Jesperson to Miss Winningham's death, finally ending his crime spree, and he was arrested.
0: Jesperson also sent anonymous letters to a newspaper in Oregon. I'm not even going to attempt to say the name because I will not pronounce it right. That, like, he sent them letters to tell them about the multiple murders. But he wouldn't sign his name, he would just sign, or, you know, do the little smiley face. After Jesperson was in custody, he provided the location for Bennett's purse, his first, first victim. Oh, okay. And that's only, that's on, the only person who, like, the killer would know where these, where this item was located. Right, right. So... The idiots that were, that pled guilty to her murder were not released until 1995 when he was captured.
1: So here they are. They spent like four years in, in prison for a murder they didn't commit. Yes. And only after he was actually caught for the murders he did commit and later admitted to them, the two people were released from jail. Yes. So this girl actually got what she deserved trying to frame her boyfriend I mean, for this murder. I agree
0: murder. because that's like a whole, that's like a. 20 crazy.
1: Right. And you know if he was an abusive person like she said he is then you know maybe the time in jail did him some good too. Probably not.
0: After Jesperson was arrested for Julie's murder he had written his brother a letter admitting to Julie's murder and that he had killed seven other people. His brother ended up giving the letter to law enforcement. That's how the whole conversation came about for him killing all these women. Is that he wrote a letter? It was actually a suicide note because he tried to kill himself, because of course they do that. Right. But he tried to kill himself and he, or he attempted suicide and then wrote a letter to his brother confessing his crimes. And then the brother gave it to the police. So, uh, Keith shared all the details of the eight murders, and he received multiple life sentences for several of these crimes, crimes, but was spared the death penalty.
1: So, he was spared the death penalty because of his plea agreement?
0: Yes. Yes, because he did admit guilt. He, He didn't get the death penalty. And Jesperson still lives today, and he is in the Oregon State Penitentiary. Oregon State. And he spends, where he spends much of his time making art. And people have bought his art off murder, murder sites. Like, I guess there's a site where criminals make stuff and they sell it. And yeah, so he's sold some art.
1: That's just some fucked up shit right there. That'd be some stuff he'd try to buy.
0: I'm look, that'd be
1: some stuff she tries to buy and hang up on the wall. No, with all the other random creepy stuff no, that we have hanging on the walls in our house.
0: No, no, I would never ever not from pieces of shit. No, now my, you know, my, my buddy Morgan, she's an awesome painter. We have quite a few collection, <laughs> quite a few <laughs> paintings on the wall from her. And I have a paint, two paintings hanging up in my office at work. Keith's oldest daughter, Melissa, wrote Shattered Silence, the Untold Story of a Serial Killer's Daughter. And it was published in 2009. So, I mean, she's, you know, waited a, a long time, I guess, I don't know, to build up the nerve or courage or what to write this book. And she also talks about, she has a podcast um called Happy Face that she talks about it. So, yeah, Keith Jesperson is a piece of shit. He is currently serving multiple life sentences in Oregon. So, yeah, that is the Happy Face Killer. Um, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully, me and Jake are back together next week. Fingers crossed, because he's got the rest of this week to do whatever he needs to do and get settled in Florida, because two weeks is long enough, and I'm over it.
1: I hope you guys enjoyed the show for today. Maybe Jake will be back next week. Hopefully. That just about sums up Keith Jesperson and the Happy Face Killer.
0: Thank you, guys. For listening and enjoying Astoundingly Weird. Hey, Keith, come touch my (laughs) house.